Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It is an open line show today. What does that mean? That means we're not going to talk about any particular topic specifically. So that leaves it up to you to drive the show. If you have a health question, a general health question for your host, Dr. David Hilden, this is your chance. A couple of ways to do that, actually three ways, and Dr. Hilden will help me with the third. But the phone number, and we've cleared the lines, you can call now, 651-989-9226. Or uh, send the doctor your text message, if that's easier, 81807-81807. I know you can get tweet tweets as well. Indeed, Denny. We, you can tweet us at uh, Dr. David Hilden. Put the hashtag Healthy Matters. And, and more importantly, I think, is just send it to me at Dr. David Hilden, all one word. And we, you can tweet your question if you... If you're a if you're a tweeter, good morning. How are you yeah, doing? I'm doing quite well, and we're excited. You, I know you're excited that uh, CCO is going to be welcoming the Minnesota Twins I'm, back. Because you're a hometown news. boy. I am a hometown guy. I grew up listening to the Twins on CCO, and and I can't think of better news. Best news yeah, all week is really that the is. Twins are coming home. Uh, so healthy matters, listeners. You can keep your you can just keep your dial in right all the time now because right. you can watch the twins. I can't already wait for next season. Actually, you could probably listen to them. Yeah, yeah you could listen. to them. What did I say? <laughs> you said watch them. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you could watch nah, them too. Nah, nah, nah. You could, you could you, watch them at the, the Twin Stadium. You could, you could. Yeah, I actually go to some Twins games. I, I share a, a season package with ah. ten other couples or families and so you know i don't need to go to zillions of games but there's almost nothing better than going out to a ballpark and just watching the twins on a summer evening or a spring a afternoon great. but i can think of something that's so just about as good and that's listening to the twins on your radio no matter what you're doing it's gonna be yeah. on cco now just like it should be very and very excited. really excited about that for all of us. there's something i wanted to ask you about where we can call calls are coming in and uh, the text is as well but uh, there's something that was in the news this past week about new blood pressure numbers, and I thought, I'm going to ask Dr. Hilden about that. What's what's the deal with that? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Danny. So, yeah, high blood pressure is something that that um, is a risk factor for all kinds of health problems in your life. And they, they the experts this past um, a few weeks have revised the guidelines that we all use to determine if you have high blood pressure. And the guidelines haven't been substantially changed for over a decade They've made tweaks here and there, but the the main the main numbers haven't changed. Well, they have now, and and that that's not because we're changing our minds. It's because medical science advances. We learn more information um, with with more data, more studies, 
And now it is now known with some uh, degree of, of confidence. In other words, we're not guessing on this one, that your blood pressure numbers should be lower than they were before. So I've often said one in three people have high blood pressure in, in, you know, in, in the country. And of those people, a lot of them don't know it, but yeah. one in three have high blood pressure. Well, now I don't have to say that anymore. Now I can say half of the people, one wow. in two, um, almost one in two people now under the new guidelines would be classified with high blood pressure. And if you're listening to right now, you might be one of those people. So the new guidelines are this. If your blood pressure is higher than 130 over 80, that's the top number and the bottom number, 130 over 80, that is for sure high blood pressure now. It used to be 140 over 90. So it's now 130 over 80. And furthermore, normal is now considered less than 120. You want that number less than 120. So if your numbers are in that 120 to 130 range for the top number, and in the 80 to 90 range for the bottom number, you're, it's elevated. You've got elevated blood pressure. Um, and the, what we used to call just regular blood pressure, now we're calling more severe blood pressure. So the, the bottom line is you want it less than 120 over 80. That's the bottom line. It doesn't mean everybody needs to be on medications. Uh, the guidelines are very clear about that. It says it doesn't mean everybody has to be on medications, but people now need to be more aware of what your blood pressure are and at lower numbers, you need to take action. So what action? You need to eat better. Um, we need to quit eating so much salt. Salt's the big one. Um, salt, fat, um, simple sugars, um, high fructose corn syrup. Those sweeteners are bad. Um, and uh, so whole grains, whole vegetables, um, lean meats if you do, um, avoiding red meats a little bit, and and then um, the big one, don't smoke. So yeah. that's what you do when your blood pressure is a little high. And then if your blood pressure is over 130, over um, 80s, then you need to um, go and talk to your doctor about maybe maybe getting on medication. It, the medications, of course, have side effects. Every medication does. But the side effect of having a high blood pressure that's untreated is a stroke and a heart attack and kidney disease. So you find a medicine that works for you is kind of the message. So, is, it, is it true that the older you get, the, the your blood pressure, is that kind of an automatic thing? Yeah, that is as well. I, I like to think of it, this is my simplistic way of looking at it. Your your blood vessels are like rubber tubes, like a garden hose. Okay. They're not that big, but they're like a garden hose. Rubbery, but still kind of firm. Well, as you get older, they turn from garden hoses into pipes. Mm. Um uh, they just get harder. They don't get as elastic, and and they you're, there's a lot of muscles in in blood vessels in it to get that blood to your body. And if they're turning into pipes, the pressure builds up inside of that, and that can lead to problems like heart attacks and strokes. So it is true that the older you are, the the, the new guidelines um, are going to affect mostly younger people because older people already met the di- the the definition of high sure. blood pressure, but now there's going to be a lot of people in their 40s, 30s, yeah, even 30s wow. who have high blood pressure. So I'm going to put more about this one on the blog because it's a big deal. Um, so if uh, sometime in the coming days, look, everybody go to myhealthymatters.org. That's the website. And I will do a little short post about these numbers So, so because uh, there's a lot of numbers to remember so that you can look that up and, and have a handy way to see where you stand. That will be myhealthymatters.org. 
And this has been a big week on the website anyway because last week we did an interesting show about male incontinence and yes. erectile dysfunction. And I, I had Travis Pagliari, one of the urologists here. I put some pictures of him and some information about that topic on the blog. And there's been hundreds of people like every day, hundreds, getting into the thousands of people who have looked at that. So it oh. must be a topic people – are interested in. So if you want to hear more about Dr. Pagliari's um, comments about incontinence or you want to listen to a podcast of last week's show, just go to myhealthymatters.org. Very good. You can call us too with your health questions for Dr. Hilden, 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send a text, 81807. Dr. Hilden, let's go to the phones. Folks have been waiting. Uh, Karen in Minnetonka is first up here. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. I'm 72 and wondering what is the doctor's opinion of taking the drug quetiapine for insomnia if I'm already on four blood pressure meds, one of them being clonopin. Yeah, so quetiapine is a is a generic name for um oh I gotta get it right, Seroquel. Uh, it, so many of you might know that one as Seroquel. And I'm not a, in fact I might go out on a limb, Karen, and say I'm not at all in favor of taking that um, for insomnia. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you're on clonopin. Um, that is a br- that's the the brand name of clonazepam, which is a long acting version of Valium, and that is a highly sedating medication. And it's also somewhat dependence forming. And so you're already on something that that can help you out with getting to sleep. Quetiapine or Seroquel is an anti, uh, it's a mental health medication. It's meant for, uh, for schizophrenia and for bipolar and for severe anxiety. And it's very good for those. And I would say it's life saving for those people. So it's a great medication, but you're taking it basically for a side effect there. You, I, it's a powerful medication that works in your brain and it does have sedating effects. So you'd be taking it for the sedating side effects. I generally like people to take medications for the reason that they, the medication was invented. And, and quetiapine or Seroquel was invented for more significant mental health disorders, not insomnia. So there are other things to do for insomnia. Um, I would – and I can't get into all of them, but I would look at your sleep patterns. I would look at your sleep hygiene. In other words, what time do you go to bed? What time do you get up? I would look at your room environment, get rid of any blue screen like a TV, a phone, an I, a tablet, a computer. Get rid of those from your bedroom. I would look to see what your diet is like. I would look to see um, about all those things first. And if that didn't work, I would try some other medications. Like I'd consider melatonin. Take melatonin but do it at bedtime or at dinner time, not bedtime. It takes several hours to work. So something like that would be far safer. I would suggest that. And if none of that's working, then go to a sleep expert and um, try to get uh, some advice from them. I, I'm not crazy about the idea of taking that medication, quetiapine, for sleep. But it's Karen. a great question, Karen. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. 651-989-9226. Chuck in St. Cloud is next. Chuck, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Hello. Say thanks for taking my call. About nine days ago, I had an angiogram done. And, um, of course, after the angiogram, I ended up being one of the people that developed a little bit of a leak on the walk. So, anyway, I, I, I got out of there, and about three or four days later, I developed a lump about two to three inches above where they went in for the angiogram. And I went and had an ultrasound on the lump, 
And they said, I don't have an aneurysm or anything like that. And they thought everything was fine. But they never really told me what the lump is or how to treat the lump. Uh, the lump's about one inch in diameter and kind of hard. Um, do you have any suggestions on that? Yeah, that, Chuck, those are great questions. And you bring up um, uh, kind of one thing that doctors often tell people what you ain't got. Ah. Yeah, I don't know what you have, but I'll tell you what you don't have. And it's a little bit what you what you were told. Well, you don't have an aneurysm. <laughs> and so that's good. Um, but uh, let me let me explain just briefly to listeners and to you, Chuck. When you have a, an angiogram, they put a needle in your in the blood vessels of your groin, and um, it's a pretty good sized blood vessel in your femoral uh, um, uh, vasculature down there. Femoral being down in your groin, and there's a few things that can happen when they do that. Because keep in mind, they're putting the a catheter in an artery, not a vein. Arteries are high pressure. They spew out blood when they're bleeding, not like a vein, not like when you cut your skin and it just oozes. An artery is a big deal. So they have to they have to really seal it up after an angiogram. So if some blood leaks, a few things can happen. One is what Chuck what you mentioned, that's a an aneurysm. That's where the blood vessel itself or even more likely the vein next to it um, gets big and they can burst. That's called a pseudoaneurysm. But another thing that can happen is that the blood can simply leak outside the blood vessel, not forming an aneurysm because that's in the blood vessel, outside the aneurysm, and what you develop is a hematoma. I think, although I'm not sure, but I think, Chuck, you probably have a hematoma. That is just a big blood clot um, because that blood was, for a short period of time, kind of spewing out of your artery into the surrounding tissues, and then it's sealed off, and so it's not bleeding any longer. Um, and that blood then forms, liquid blood always forms a solid clot when it's not moving, always. And so perhaps you just have a really hard blood clot, and that might be there for some weeks before it goes away. So that's what I think you have. Um, you don't have to do anything about it unless it's getting bigger or you're getting um, weakness in your leg, or your leg is getting sore and painful, or your foot is getting sore and painful, that means it could still be bleeding. Not likely, but that's possible. So if this thing is hurting or getting bigger or you're having other problems with your leg, you should go have that be seen. But it sounds like you did the right thing by getting that ultrasound, and my guess is that it's a hematoma, a blood clot. Okay. All right, Doctor, we have to take a break here. We have more show to come. Those folks on the phone, stay stay there. We'll pick up on your questions right after this quick break. Or if you'd rather, send a text, 81807, but do call us, 651-989-9226. It's an open line show on Healthy Matters. Fair skies, 18 degrees here on WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters, presented every Sunday here on CCO by Hennepin County Medical Center in the 7.30 to 8.30 hour. And as you can see, Dr. Hilden, on this open line show, we have a lot of callers that are waiting for you to help them out. Let's uh, see who's next. Jane is calling from Deep Haven. Jane, you're on CCO with the doctor. Um, what are the side effects when on being on Zalot and eye drops for a lengthy time? Thank you. Yeah, you're okay with that one. I assume you take that for glaucoma. Um, are you still there, Jane? Do you take those for glaucoma? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now, I'm not an eye doctor, and there's a few categories of medicine where I always want to give a caveat. I'm not an eye doctor. Um, the other one's like dermatology or dentistry, you know, things that I'm really not an expert at. But the Zalatin, what I know about that is it's for glaucoma. And um, people take them for ages, and you're just fine. 
There are the, – the worst thing would be to have your glaucoma go untreated and so the eye drops are helpful for that. Glaucoma is a situation where the pressure in your eyeball builds up too much. So I would go ahead with it. If, you, if, you've, um, if you're having problems with your eye though, if you're having weird dry eyes or if they turn red or painful, should never be painful to have an eye. You know, Your eye should never be painful. If it hurts, then go in um, and ask your um, eye doctor. There are some other eye drops that are different, and that's why uh, just one little other caveat to that. You know, sometimes eye doctors prescribe pred or steroid drops for certain conditions. That's something that can have problems if you take it too long. Um, and and I also don't recommend um, too much of the over the counter things for red eyes. If you do that four times a day, you can um, you can kind of get hooked on them. I mean, it, it's. Uh, uh, it, it's not great to take that forever um, for the red eyes. But for your glaucoma drops like you're talking about, Jane, have at it. You can keep doing that. Good. Thank you, Jane. Let's go to Bert, who's calling from St. Paul. Bert, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I've been on a Tenolol, 25 milligrams, twice a day for many years, and now I'm told by my pharmacy that it's hard to get, and uh, I can either go try and search somewhere to find it or have the doctor prescribe something comparable, what thoughts do you have on this atenolol? Good. Um, Bert, um, I would get a different one. And the only reason, and there's nothing wrong with atenolol, but there are, are loads of others that are just as good and far newer. Atenolol was a, is a type of a non-selective beta blocker um, that was invented eons ago. It's been around for a long time. And it's non-selective, meaning it affects the beta receptors throughout your body. It's good for a few things, but we don't prescribe it so much anymore. It's a powerful, usually once a day medicine. You're taking it twice a day. But the newer ones are probably um, maybe even a little more effective. And uh, they're just – so there's no reason to not switch. You can take metoprolol or carvedilol. Those are really good for um, uh, just as good and maybe even better than atenolol. Atenolol was just one of the first ones in the class of medicines and science has got plenty of other good options. So I guess my, my take-home point is you don't have to be wedded to the idea of taking atenolol. If you can't get that one from your pharmacy or whatever, switch to another one. There's no problem with switching. Very good. Let's go to Morristown. Jake has been waiting there. Jake, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Hi, Dr. Hilden. Hey. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I'm a patient of Dr. Roxwell. I suffered a TBI about 15 years ago. And I'm wondering now, I'm waking up with heavy disorientation, um, balance, um, just coordination altogether. J- Jake, does it get better as the day goes on or? Or is it all day long now? No, no. It's it gets better as I wake up and get up and about. Yeah, uh, and your you said your TBI was some years ago, right? Yeah, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Well, um, it sounds like you've done okay since that time. And and for the listeners who don't know who Jake was referring to, Doctor Roxwald is one of the best TBI doctors in Minnesota. Galen Roxwald. Um, is you're talking about Galen Roxwald, Doctor? Is that right, Jake? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing about your disorientation. I'm I'm thinking about it and talking to all of you out loud as I think about it. And and anytime you have a, a 
a problem with your thinking or confusion or you're just not quite on balance, I think that warrants a look. And now I'm glad it doesn't last during the day. It doesn't sound like you have maybe something new and real severe, but it's possible that it's just like a, a migraine or something like that, um, which can be really debilitating for people, but maybe isn't as severe. It's, so it might be something like that. But it could be that something's going on in your brain, some kind of um, inflammation or tumors or bleeding. I don't think any of that's po- likely, but it's at least possible. So I think I would have some imaging done, usually a CT scan or, or an MRI of your head. I think, Jake, I would go to a neurologist. I, if you don't have one currently, I don't think Dr. Roxwell's seeing patients anymore, the surgeon. But um, you, I would go to a, your, your doctor and tell him what you've just told me. I don't think it's an emergency, but I think it does warrant a look. Uh, I can't think of anything that I can just tell you what it is and don't worry about it. It could be something that you might want to have looked at. So go in, get some imaging of your head, talk to your doctor, and and um, that'd be my advice, Jake. All right, I know we have to take our usual break. We have another half hour of the show to go. So if you miss getting in, uh, either by phone or by text, this half hour we'll have another half hour for you to take care of that. Now mention again because I know people uh, w- might who missed last week's show about incontinence. There's a way to hear it again. Yeah, you can hear about you can hear a podcast of last week's show about and um, about incontinence with Dr. Travis Pagliara, a very popular show, by going to myhealthymatters.org. It's all one word, myhealthymatters.org. And you can listen, you can read my posts about any number of topics, including last week's show, myhealthymatters.org. Very good. We'll take this break. Uh, 651-989-9226. That's our phone number. Send a text if you like, 81807. Fair Skies 18 on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. Hey, good morning. Welcome to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today, which means you drive the show, your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets for that matter. And we're, again, your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden. 651-989-9226. If you'd rather, send a text, 81807. Those are coming in, too. Um, we started off the show. Maybe you could come back up a little bit because in the news lately has been the, the new the new numbers for uh, blood pressure. We're getting calls about that. Too. Indeed, we are. Um, thanks, Denny. Good morning, everybody. The new blood pressure guidelines are out. Uh, I won't get into all of it right now, but it just uh, the new um, scientifically based uh, evidence is that your blood pressure needs to be a little bit lower. And so the new numbers are no long. It's no longer one forty over ninety. It's one thirty over eighty. So if your blood, if your top number is 130 or higher, or if your bottom number is above 80, you've got high blood pressure under the new guidelines, and um, and so you need to have that uh, something to be aware of. It doesn't mean everybody has to be on medications, 
But we'd like everybody to be down 120 over less than 80. That's what we'd like. So if you're uh, if you don't know your blood pressure numbers, now's a good time to find out. Go to your doctor, get a blood pressure cuff at the drugstore, do it at a fire station. Somehow get your blood pressure checked, and if it's routinely, not just one reading, but it's consistently over 130, and if the bottom number is out, um, in the 80s, you should um, talk to your doctor about getting that down. All right, very good. Off to the phones we go, folks. Have been waiting. Judy in, is uh, in Brooklyn Park with a question. Judy, you're on with the doctor. Hi. Um, I have a lot, a lot. It's really picked up a lot. I have a lot of tingling in my hands. I can be driving and my hands tingle like they're going to sleep. I have to drop them down to my side. Uh, I can be peeling potatoes and my hands will tingle like crazy. I'm holding the telephone and my left hand is tingling. But if I drop my hands down to my sides, it goes away. But it's so frequent. It's just a pain to have to do this all the time now. And I just don't know where to turn or yeah. which way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Judy, sorry. That sounds like a bummer. You know, it's, it's, it could be a couple of things. It could be neurologic. Tingling is usually neurologic. Um, but if it's in both hands, it's not a nerve in your hand probably. It's probably a nerve up in your neck. It could be that you have a disc um, up in your neck that is bulging and is pinching the nerves that go down to either arm. And just the simple body position of your hands relieve that pinching a little bit. That's why it gets better with a different body position. The other possibility that's neurologic is that it is in your hands and it's um, the nerves are being pinched down in your wrists. That would be something like carpal tunnel syndrome. And it's usually a due to a repetitive use. So people who... Um, you know everything from people who operate jackhammers to professional violinists uh, to people who use keyboards, telephones, or potato peelers. You can get um, you can get a pinching in your wrist. So that's a possibility. Those are the neurologic possibilities. And for those, um, if it's uh, not getting better and happening day after day after day, I would see a neurologist because it'd be good to know if it's one of those things. If it's carpal tunnel, they can put wrist braces on. You can even do that yourself. You can go to the drugstore, buy some Velcro wrist braces that hold your hands in a neutral position, a straight position, and sleep with those on. That might help. You, um, but if it's up in your neck, you might need a, a neurologist to take some pictures with an MRI or something. Beyond all of that, it could be vascular, um, You know, something like um, where the, the small, small, small blood vessels of your hands are getting pinched down, um, something – and people like with lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or other rheumatoid rheumatoid conditions can get that. That seems a little less likely um, that you're not getting enough blood flow there. That doesn't seem as likely. But I would check out the pinched nerve thing either in your wrists or in your neck first um, and start with a neurologist. All right. Very good. We're going to pick up on more phone calls, and then we'll get to the text message. We just had a slew of them uh, come in. Uh, Sharon in Stansfield is next up. You're Sharon. You're on with the doctor. Hi. My granddaughter is 22. She had a gallbladder attack, and they say she has numerous stones. And they also told her her eczema is out of control again. And when they saw the surgeon, he said he's never heard of such a thing. Do you have any comments? You mean heard of the eczema? He, he had not heard of that? He does. Well, when she went into emergency, they told her the gallbladder and eczema were connected. Oh, 
Yeah, that sounds a little bit weird to me. Um, okay. It is. It is possible that you know eczema is usually an allergic type of dermatitis or a contact type of dermatitis where your her skin is reacting to something, and some people we can't figure out the cause. But when you have a gallbladder problem, maybe her body was just under a lot of stress. And um, you get flare-ups of skin conditions just due to the general stress in your body. I'm, I, I do have to be really honest. I'm making this up a little bit, Sharon, because it doesn't sound um, crystal clear to me. They're not directly related. The gallbladder and the eczema are not directly related. The surgeon's correct on that. But it is certainly possible. People get flare-ups of eczema at weird times. You know, ask ask a whole bunch of um, high school seniors about three weeks before going to their prom or something and, and everybody's under all kinds of stress and next thing you know they have a big flare-up of a skin problem you know because you know they're just under stress um so that can happen um with some types of skin issues but again don't take that one to the bank i'm just sort of speculating here i would see her dermatologist in any case all right, let's pick up on some text messages uh, for starters. Yeah, there's a lot of them here. I'll try to be brief on some of these. I was told that I am a vitamin D deficient and my blood work was 17.8. I am now taking a prescription for vitamin D at 50,000 units. Is this the right dose and what causes the deficiency? Because I am outside a lot and I don't use sunscreen. Um, just about everybody living here in Minnesota is vitamin D deficient. It's almost uh, it's almost something we chuckle about at work because I don't even check vitamin D levels anymore. <laughs> I don't, don't even check. Everybody's low. So it's just getting to the point if I can tell you right now what that's going to be. It's going to be low. And so this texture at 17, that's low. The 50,000 units is a good dose to take for a while. I would do that for a month or two or three, and then I would go down to a more reasonable dose of maybe 1,000 a day and take a vitamin D and calcium supplement, um, particularly in the winter months. I don't know why this person's low, just that it's so, so, so common. You do get it from the sunlight, um, 15 or 20 minutes a few times a week on your head and, and arms is all you really need. But um, it's just so common. I think that's why um, you are as well. You're just a, you're living in Minnesota. Um, let me see. Here's one that says, I, have a, I was told I have a heart valve that leaks and needs to be replaced. How is that procedure done? Heart valves that are leaky can be either replaced entirely, and that's where they take – it's a big open heart surgery – but even far more now, they're doing these surgeries that don't require them to open up your whole chest. They're they're more minimally invasive, if you will. Most places um, are starting to do that nowadays. It depends what the valve is, how bad the leakiness is, what the valve leakage is due to. Is the valve completely destroyed and needs a whole new mechanical one? Or is it just leaking a little bit and they can repair it? If you can repair your native valve, that's better than putting in a artificial one. So I can't say much more about the texture from that, but it's a surgery um, and they're highly successful. Um, valve surgeries are not experimental in any way, shape or form. It's uh, um, They're successful. And if, if your surgeon thinks it's time to do it, I would go with that. Do I have time for another one, Danny? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do another one. All right. I'll go to another one here. If my level of magnesium is normal, would taking a calcium-magnesium supplement be harmful or beneficial? It probably wouldn't be either. It would probably be neutral. Most people don't need magnesium supplementation. Many people do need calcium supplementation, though. And so you're okay taking a calcium supplement, and if it has magnesium in it, that's okay. It's not going to hurt you. Okay. Um, you probably just don't need it. 
There's a texter who wondered about your, your blood pressure discussion and says they, they drink about four cups of coffee a day. Does, does that change your blood pressure? You know, this is a person after my own heart. Whoever <laughs> sent this in, the four cups of ca- coffee drinker a day, we're kindred spirits, although I'm only at one so far. Yeah, you are. Right. Um, yes, that can make it worse. Sorry. Um, uh, things like caffeine, um, stimulant, medi- any stimulant can make your blood pressure worse. That means the energy drinks that people do. Caffeine for sure, smoking for sure, smoking like way for sure, that can always make it worse. So four cups of caffeinated coffee today is maybe not great for your blood pressure. On the other hand, I have – as I think I put this on the blog post on myhealthymatters.org once. Um, everybody go to myhealthymatters.org and just under the search term put coffee. And I think I did a post on this a year or two ago. Um, coffee is not one of the substances that is largely thought to be bad for you. It's the best news ever. Um, coffee's probably pretty good for you. But there's a, such a thing as moderation, and too much caffeine is going to be not great for your blood pressure. All right. We have to take a quick break, Doctor. But we have more show to come. It's an open line show today on Healthy Matters. 651-989-9226. Text, and we got a bunch of those. 81807. There's a few clouds out there right now. CCO temperature reading 18. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. That means your questions for Dr. David Hilden, either by phone or by text. i uh, tell you what, let's do this. Let's talk to Sharon in Brooklyn Center, who's on the phone. Good morning, Sharon. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I'll try and make this brief. I, for years, have had these PVC beats, these extra heartbeats, and normally, I take Toprol XL 25 milligrams twice a day, and it pretty much takes care of it. But for the last, and of course, it's always on a weekend, uh, the last, oh, two and a half days, I've had the just constant, and it feels like it's beating in my throat, and, and my blood pressure is running high. I, I took it a while ago, and it was 165 over 80. Um, what do you think? Yeah, good good question, Sharon. So PVCs or premature ventricular contractions are simply the lower chambers, the big pumping chambers of your heart are beating a little bit early. They're extraordinarily common and they do not have a bad prognosis. That's the general statement. They don't mean anything for people's future heart disease. In other words, it's not the early warning sign of a heart attack. It's not the early warning sign of a stroke. It's none of that. But people can feel them because what happens is that your heart you know, is trying to get blood to your body. And if a beat comes early, there's not enough blood in there. There's not enough blood in your heart. It didn't have time to fill very well. And so the next beat after the early one comes is really a strong one. And so you can feel that. Your heart is just going boom, boom, boom. It's really hitting that next beat hard and you can feel that. If that happens once every 10 seconds, it's annoying. If it happens once every second, it's more than annoying. I mean, it's what you're, it's, you're feeling pounding all the time. The only time it's a problem, um, Sharon, is if they come run together in runs and then premature ventricular beats, PVCs, um, if they come 10 in a row, 20 in a row, 30 in a row, it has a different name and that's called ventricular tachycardia. And that is something you might be able to feel. Um, so if they're, as long as you're not passing out and you're not dizzy and you're not having chest pain, 
then it's probably still a benign condition. But if it's happening more often and it's causing you all the symptoms like you're talking about, it's probably worth having that looked at. Um, I doubt it's an emergency. I, as I said, I think you can probably um, go in and have that looked at on a little less urgent basis. Um, but if you're getting dizzy, if you're having bad chest pain, um, uh, you know, pressure in your chest, you should you should have that looked at. And, and they can just put your heart on a monitor and see what it looks like. I think we have time for one more call before we have to say goodbye for today. Gene in Stillwater is next. Gene, what's your question for the doctor? Um, yes, I'm on lisinopril and amylodipine and hydrochlorothiazide and I was wondering, are there any blood pressure medications that don't make you feel like you're totally washed out, where you can't do anything, where, you know? Yeah, um, there are. If you're ever having a side effect from a medication, there's almost always an alternative. You are on three good ones. Lisinopril and amlodipine have relatively few side effects like you're describing. Hydrochlorothiazide is a water pill, and it might make you um, a little dehydrated. And it can cause some potassium problems and sodium problems. So maybe it's that one. All three are highly effective for blood pressure, however. So um, maybe your doctor can adjust some doses. Maybe can get you back instead of three of them to be on two of them and try try to make some adjustments. But I'm not positive it's due to your blood pressure medicines. Those None of those three would be the kind that would really cause energy problems or causing you to be fatigued. Um, they would cause you to be a little dehydrated is all. So go to your doctor and see if there's something else to try. There's always something else to try um, with blood pressure medicines. We have one minute to go before the end of the show, and I wanted to alert our, our listeners again. What, what is the, what, what's the new numbers for blood pressure? The new numbers and the guidelines that came out are 130 over 80. You don't want that 140 over 90 business is gone. We want it lower. So if your blood pressure is a little bit high, if your bottom number is higher than 80 and your top number is higher than 130, you have high blood pressure now under the new guidelines. I'm going to put a post at myhealthymatters.org in the coming days where I will put that in there so you'll have a written reference. And please go to myhealthymatters.org and you can get podcasts of last week's show and you can search for anything I've done over the past couple of years. There's posts going back a few years about a variety of topics. You can listen to previous shows, including last week's show about male incontinence. And um, check it out at myhealthymatters.org and look for those new blood pressure numbers in the coming days. And if you don't have a doc and need a primary care doc, what call, number? Call us up at 612-873-MYMD. Excellent. Stay tuned next for your money here on A3OWCCO where it's 18 degrees right now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.